This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Did you guys go right to a rerun already? You go to a rerun? What about an extra commercial break or something like that? I was, uh, hello. Oh, boy. First of all, this little uh, whatever the hell it was, Pelosi's house, is not going to disrupt what we know is going to happen. There is going to be a red tidal wave, tsunami, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's going to realign the power in America for years to come. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. If we do our part, if we get out there and vote and say no to this insanity, um, it's going to be glorious. And all this woke nonsense, all of this uh, uh, criminality everywhere, the undoing of society, men are women, women are men. Uh, Yeah, children should be sexual. All that stuff goes away. And there's accountability, and it's going to be fantastic. Now, I think the way this story is being played, the way it's uh, being portrayed, this uh, Pelosi matter is an effort to what do political consultants love to do and what does the mainstream media love to talk about? The narrative. The narrative. Now, no normal person says narrative. All right. We know what it means, but we don't go around saying it. That's a it's a political media term. The narrative, which media never used to talk about. They used to talk about facts. They used to. Now everyone's telling a story. You have to have a story. But let me tell you a story. Well, actually, I'm not going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to introduce you to a fact that you probably have not heard that they don't want you to hear, that they are obscuring and spinning and running away from. But I would call it a fact. Are you ready for some facts? Now, you know the gist of what happened, right? All right, Pelosi beat up by that guy. We also we don't know a lot of things because the police department have not filled in the blanks. The media, they're running around filling in the blanks for us. Oh, this was a, a, a fueled by Trumpism. Oh, this was an offshoot of January 6th. Get Nancy. We heard the same thing on January 6th, a threat to democracy. Uh, number one, Mr. DePape is a communist lunatic nudist. I mean, look, you can take off your clothes and go to the beach. That's no problem. But if you're going to take off your clothes and get married outside of San Francisco City Hall, that's a bit of a problem. All right. You're not a <laughs> you're not a Trump person. If you're doing that, you're not uh, you're whatever the hell. All right. There's something a little bit off. So this is a, something that no one, no one is uh, picking up other than yours truly. So do you know what happened? We had that very weird, vague uh, press conference where they took no questions. Is it a press conference when there are no there's no you know, conference is like we get together and we talk. Right. A conference. We confer. There are questions and answers. There were no questions on Friday night. None. As a matter of fact, um, let me see here. We have that where they run out of the room. I think we do. Uh, let me just, just, yep, here we go. Cut 27. This is uh, in the morning. 
in the morning uh, Friday. Cut 27. Thank you all for being here. I know you may have. We'll update you when we get more. That's it for right now. We're not going to take any questions. Thank you. We, our office will be issuing uh, news release very soon, but that's it for now. Thank you. Well, they never did. That was Friday morning. They never did get around to issuing that news release, actually. But Friday night, Friday night, they actually had another press conference. It wasn't covered by anybody. I mean, nobody. Friday night. Now, what do you do with it? Why do you have a press conference at Friday night? Why don't you put out a news release? Because you're trying to hide. You're trying to hide things. It's a classic move. I mean, you technically you get credit for putting it out there, but nobody sees it. And they said that they wanted to clarify a few things because there were so many questions from this morning's press conference. And, in fact, questions held over because, well, they didn't take any questions. So Friday night, when nobody's looking, nobody's watching, they talk about the third person in the House. Yeah, there was somebody else in the House. Not just Pelosi, not just a pape. Somebody else, an unknown individual. Now, how do I know that? I don't know that from the depths and the bowels of the Internet. I know that because Chief Scott of the San Francisco Police told me. Cut 43. So when the officers arrived and knocked on the front door of the residence this morning, the door was opened by someone inside, and the officers observed through the open door Mr. Pelosi and the suspect, Mr. DePappi, inside the entryway of the home. At this time, the officers remain outside of the threshold of the home, and they observe Mr. Pelosi and Mr. DePappi each with one hand on a single hammer. There was one hammer that the officer observed. Officers, while still outside of the doorway threshold, gave commands to both men to drop the hammer. Mr. DePappi immediately pulled the hammer away from Mr. Pelosi and violently attacked him with the hammer. Did you get all that? Now, the violently attacked with the hammer, we heard, but they're both holding the hammer. I think we also heard that on Friday. But we didn't hear the first part on Friday morning. Another person opened the door. Now, you're not thinking that the pappy was holding the, the, the hammer and opened the door with his free hand, or Pelosi did that. No. They said another person did it. Just, just the first part, if you don't mind. Cut 43. It's important. Cut 43. So when the officers arrived and knocked on the front door of the residence this morning, the door was opened by someone inside. And the officers observed through the open door Mr. Pelosi and the suspect, Mr. DePappi, inside the entryway of the home. At this time, the officers remain outside of the threshold of the home. Stop. You got that, right? So it was another person. Now, it's not just me interpreting it this way. Um, it's the mainstream media. Here's something else. They're, they're trying to portray this. Oh, is it's a conspiracy theory. There was a third person in the house. No, there was somebody else in there. Cut 44, please. This is a meet the press. Chuck Todd talking to his uh, producer, a guy named, what the hell's his name? Winter. Winter. Cut 44. Uh, of the reports have indicated sort of how police got there and they witnessed the beating at the time. And there seems to be a hint that there was a third person in the house. You've got some new details on that as well, Tom. What can you tell us? 
Well, that's correct, Chuck. So it, the police chief came out and did a press conference later on Friday when, when most people had uh, uh, already started to go to bed. And, and in that press conference, uh, he stated that there was a third person inside the house that opened the door for police when they were called to that house. And that's when they saw the struggle over the hammer between uh, DePepe and Pelosi. And then DePepe, according to police, uh, struck Pelosi in the head with that hammer. Okay. The chief said it. Two days later, the mainstream media is reporting it. I reported it uh, uh, myself. And uh, yet now today they're saying, oh, no, 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 no. There were two people in the house. The district attorney, Brooke Jenkins, is saying there were just two people in the house. And they were yelling and screaming, where's Nancy? DePape was yelling and screaming, where's Nancy? Because they want this to be like a January 6th thing. I've sat through now two two press conferences run by the San Francisco Police Department. One was held almost 24 hours after the incident, and they have not said that. Folks, there's something very strange going on here. Now, yesterday, also on that Meet the Press show, you know what I heard? I heard uh, a rhino by the name of Sununu. I think he's the governor of New Hampshire. And you know what? He's That's amazing to me. Uh, Chuck Todd said, you know, given what's happening, given what's going on, Shouldn't we take down all any attack ad uh, referencing Nancy Pelosi, you know, to tone things down? And Sununu said, yes, we should. A Republican said we should stop attacking Nancy Pelosi in the days leading up to the midterm elections. Half the government is off limits. The Congress, because of what happened to Mr. Pelosi... On Friday night. Is that, folks, they are the ones. These are the conspiracy theorists, by the way. Lying and making up their own story. Oh, he was chased around the house and they were yelling, where's Nancy? Now I hear there were zip ties, zip ties. Oh, they were going to wrap him up. This this crazy guy, Mag, it's ludicrous. And they're doing something else. Because this story which should be getting bigger as the holes and the the gaps and everything become incredibly apparent, the story will fade away because the midterms are coming and they've already shaped the narrative and most people out there buy it because they're silly and weak. And unfortunately, so many of them trust the fake news We should be vigilant because you know what they're going to do with this long term? They will turn it into another January 6th thing. Hey, do we have Joe Biden speaking out about this? Anybody? Anywhere? Because he said something dangerous. He said you cannot condemn what happened to Paul Pelosi without condemning why it happened. So uh, Inspector Biden there already knows. Hey, let me know if you found it. Did you find it? All right. Because Inspector Biden knows what happened and what caused it. People raising questions about the 2020 election, that we caused it. I caused it because I, I, I wonder if it was a fair election. And actually, I know in portions it wasn't a fair election, like in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. <laughs> Just look it up. It's in the Commonwealth of uh, Pennsylvania's Constitution. They violated it. All right, so here's Joe Biden. Do we have this? All right, talk about somebody who's uh, playing the uh, playing politics with this. Go ahead. It's one thing to condemn the violence. 
But you can't condemn the violence unless you condemn those people who continue to argue the election was not real, that it's being stolen, that all the all the malarkey that's being put out there to undermine democracy. Undermine democracy. This is part of democracy. This is democracy. We're supposed to just pretend that everything was normal in the 2020 election? No. You don't dictate that. And you're not going to try to smear me and smear millions like me. We're allowed. This is America. Especially me, pal. And actually, when I say especially me, especially you. I don't care if you are a drug addict, high school dropout, uh, small-time criminal. You are an American citizen. And your vote and your voice counts. And mine does, too. They're going to try to delegitimize me. Hey, I spent nine years active duty in the Marine Corps. I retired as a lieutenant colonel. My father is a three-decade law enforcement professional, legendary, 12 years in New York City police commissioner. And we have concerns. And we're allowed to because it's America. And this guy's trying to say we're not American, that we're fueling. It's dangerous. And... um You'll hear some people in the next block, they're salivating at what they can do with this, the power they can grab back. We're not going to let them. This is going to blow up in their face. They've already exposed and revealed themselves to me, and also, by the way, to the smartest, uh, richest, and most powerful person in the world, Elon Musk. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, I am dying to talk to people about this. Uh, you guys, what do you think? What do you think? What do you know, by the way? My callers are the most brilliant people out there, uh, so insightful, and they pick up on things. Sammy in Howard Beach, hello. Hey, Greg, I just want to tell you, I thought you did a great job on uh, Friday bringing this to light because a lot of people avoided it. Uh, and this is not a personal criticism, but the thing you took down from Twitter and I don't blame that on you. I blame it on, uh, as a fault, the Twitter that they let things uh, be taken down. Um, don't you think that if you had worded it as a question that you could have got away with that? Well, I did word it as a question. <laughs> I did word it. Look, Twitter is its own little thing, and people get upset and this kind of, you know, whatever. And, oh, by the way, I got somebody who uh, – who, uh, posts for, for me. It's all my content. I come up with it, but technically I'm not actually in control of it. So, um, and that's the way I want it. I used to walk around and tweet and, and right off the top of my head, you know, boom, 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 boom. Uh, it can get you into trouble and it's a headache that I don't need. So if there's a, if there's a headache, if it's a problem, if it's going to be a distraction for me, uh, they make the determination, and sometimes they take it down. And I can live with that. I don't like it sometimes. It frustrates me. But uh, the important stuff, quite frankly, is this show, the Newsmax show, and I said everything I wanted to say about that case on Friday night based on the information I had at the time. And uh, I know more now, and there are even more questions now. Sammy, I appreciate it very much. Uh, let's see here. Tony in Clifton, New Jersey, yes. Hi, Greg. I think you did a great job. Um, And I just want to say one thing because it's all been said. I always know when they do announcements on any kind of crime, they always say, if you have any uh, tips, if you know anything about this, please call this number, please call in. So we didn't hear that. 
And that was a clue to everybody that they didn't want any tips and they didn't want to know. Okay, so we get the message. Tony, that's a great observation. A very, I told you, you guys were fantastic. They didn't. They didn't ask for any information, did they? And what else was weird? Uh, remember, they did not call it a 911 call. They called it a, uh, what the hell did they call it? Uh, oh, oh, uh, some sort of well-being check, a wellness check. Listen to this, uh, Tony. Don't go away. Cut 20, please. At approximately 2.27 this morning, San Francisco police officers were dispatched to the residence of Speaker Nancy Pelosi regarding an A-priority well-being check. When the officers arrived on scene, they encountered an adult male and Mr. Pelosi's husband, Paul. Stop. All right. Uh, They encountered. Nothing else. This is the morning press conference. What the hell is an A-priority well-being check? Now, they don't call it a 911 call. And they're acting like uh, they never get 911 calls where the person can't actually make sense. And apparently that's what... I guess Pelosi was doing, he was talking in a weird manner. It got their attention. They said, we better send the cops. This happens all the time. They're acting like it's never happened before. An A-priority well-being check. You know why they're calling it that? I'm still looking into this, but here's a strong possibility. That, um, they're calling it that and not a 911 call because a 911 call almost always, almost certainly is public information. It's in the public domain. How many times has somebody, you know, gotten in trouble, usually a celebrity, and they call 911, and it's on TMZ in 20 minutes, right? But if it's a well-being check, there's a health component involved. Maybe it's governed by HIPAA laws. You know what I mean, Tony? Exactly. And you know what? We don't need to get involved in health situations. So deal with it. You know, we don't need to know all these details. Uh, we don't need to know all these details. Well, I want all the details about this. and uh, But we're still going to win. Don't worry. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, So I just confirmed that this is the legit thing. How did I do it? Now, you're about to hear it's not the 911 call. There are people out there saying, we have the 911 call. It's not the 911 call. But what we are about to hear are police personnel discussing the 911 call over uh, the radio. Uh, over uh, their internal communication system, which is monitored and published routinely. And, uh, you know, like those guys who listen to the uh, they, they, they listen to airplane transmissions and they maintain these websites. There are people who do this stuff. And uh, I think in the uh, with an eye on transparency, they make all this stuff available. I don't know if the police department necessarily wants this available. Now, how did I confirm it? Well, the San Francisco Chronicle is now citing this. As um, as a piece of information, the San Francisco Chronicle. Now, that paper has been overwhelmingly uh, friendly to uh, the Pelosi's um, in everything, in all manners, and very, very uh, anti-pro-left, anti-right. All right? So I was not going to uh, play this until I could independently verify it, and I think the San Francisco Chronicle just did it for me. All right, so... Let's see here. San Francisco. Oh, wait a second. Actually, this is from. All right, I'm going to hold off on that. Let's hear this, please. This is uh, internal transmissions as reported by, well, numerous people online, all kinds of people. And uh, but the San Francisco Chronicle is reporting that this is legitimate internal communications 
about the incident on Friday morning. Go ahead. Northern four car, a priority nine ten two six four zero Broadway, cross of Scott and Normandy. Have a fourteen hour copy. RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. RP sounded somewhat confused. Is a friend. RP sounded somewhat confused. Twelve over back and copy. So. <laughs> There's actually a lot there. RP. RP is a reporting person. Now, putting things together based on what uh, also the San Francisco Chronicle is reporting and what the chief said at those uh, press conferences, that the RP is Paul Pelosi. San Francisco Chronicle uh, wrote a lengthy piece saying that Paul Pelosi probably saved his life in the manner in which he called the police. I don't know why they're calling it a welfare check. It's a 911 call. Picked up 911. I'll get to that in a moment, but let's listen again, okay? These are internal. RP is a reporting person. He says that the individual is going to wait for his wife. Now, what we think that means is David insisted that he's going to wait for the wife. And he does not know the person, but the person is a friend. And the person is named David. Odd, right? One more time. Northern Four Car, A Priority 910-2640, Broadway, Cross of Scott and Normandy. I have a 14-hour copy. RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. RP sounded somewhat confused. Is a friend? RP sounded somewhat confused. 12 over back and copy. He is a friend? His name is David, but he does not know him. <sighs> Something is very odd. What did you say? Now, um, what the hell is a wellness check, huh? What's going on? I'll get to that in a little bit. There's, You call 911 if there is a danger to life and property, if there is a crime in progress, if someone is having a medical emergency and needs immediate assistance, if there is a fire. Uh, that's when you call 911. When do you call uh, the regular phone number of the police department when it's a non-emergency and you need assistance, you might call for, and this is the actual guidance from the San Francisco Police Department, a noise complaint, loitering, or a wellness check. Hmm, a wellness check. But it looks like he actually dialed 911. I mean, when you're, if your home is being invaded, and by the way, how do they get into the bathroom? Hey, I need a quick timeout from this home invasion. I got to make a phone call, or I got I need a bathroom break. Okay, I'll wait till you're through. I I just I don't think so. And by the way, close your eyes and imagine. I'm trying to imagine a bathroom without a window. Well, I guess they do exist. Yeah, they do exist. There there are bathrooms out there. Uh, depending upon how big the bathroom, sure, how big the house is, that's possible. But he goes in there for a bathroom break. And then he calls the cops. Do you think he dialed? What's the police non-emergency assistance number um, in San Francisco? Here it is, okay? Don't call it because, well, unless you have a non-emergency and you live in San Francisco, you want to talk to the police about. But it's 1-415-553-0123. 1-415-553-0123. Now, how many people have that uh, memorized? How many people have that programmed into their uh, phone? The answer is nobody. 
But how many people know how to dial 911? The answer is everybody. Everybody over the age of three knows about 911. So he calls 911. But what the hell are the cops calling it? One more time, cut 20. At approximately 2.27 this morning, San Francisco police officers were dispatched to the residence of Speaker Nancy Pelosi regarding an A-priority well-being check. When the officers arrived on scene, they encountered an adult male and Mr. Pelosi's husband, Paul. Okay. Just encountered them. Cut 21. Our officers observed Mr. Pelosi and the suspect both holding a hammer. The suspect pulled the hammer away from Mr. Pelosi and violently assaulted him with it. By the way, the cops are just watching this at one point. <laughs> just, it's so weird. Cut 21. Our officers immediately tackled the suspect, disarmed him, took him into custody, requested emergency backup, and rendered medical aid. The suspect has been identified as 42-year-old David DePepe. And that's all they said about David DePepe. Not, you know, David DePepe of San Francisco, David DePepe of uh, of Oakland, David DePepe of Arizona, David DePepe, a 42-year-old uh, painter from just David DePepe. You figure it out who he is. Cut 23. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. Do you think we're going to get the, the straight scoop on this? Well, think of all the law enforcement partners are helping out. Cut 23. Mr. Pelosi and Mr. DePepe were transported to a local hospital for treatment. This is an active investigation currently being led by the San Francisco Police Department Special Investigations Division. We are working closely with our partners from the FBI, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the U.S. Capitol Police, and our district attorney here in San Francisco County, uh, D.A. Brooke Jenkins. Hard to, team. hard to imagine a more political roundup, right? How political everything has become. The FBI, totally political. The U.S. Attorney's Office, totally political. The Capitol Police, sadly, totally political. And the district attorney, you know, this is the same district attorney's office run by Kamala Harris not too long ago. Yeah. You think uh, Brooke Jenkins, who's up for re-election, by the way. She's up for re-election in about a week. You think she's going to play ball with the Pelosi's? Something tells me she will. <laughs> I just uh, uh, cut 24. The motive for this attack is still being determined. Wow. That's funny because even before the press conference, I was everybody was telling me that it was uh, they were it was an assassination attempt, an assassination attempt of Nancy Pelosi. Even Friday night, they wouldn't say that they kept saying the law enforcement is saying they don't know that they're not saying that yet. uh, Brooke Jenkins is telling friendly reporters that now Brooke Jenkins was standing right there, right there, the D.A. of San Francisco was standing right there when the chief said this Friday night. One more time. This is so important. Cut 43. So when the officers arrived and knocked on the front door of the residence this morning, the door was opened by someone inside, and the officers observed through the open door Mr. Pelosi and the suspect, Mr. DePappy, inside the entryway of the home. At this time, the officers remain outside of the threshold of the home, and they observed Mr. Pelosi and Mr. DePappy each with one hand on a single hammer. 
There was one hammer that the officer observed. Officers, while still outside of the doorway threshold, gave commands to both men to drop the hammer. Mr. DePappi immediately pulled the hammer away from Mr. Pelosi and violently attacked him with the hammer. Now, I am going to refrain for the time being because I'm not hearing it from law enforcement how these men were dressed or anything else that was going on in the House. I am not going to uh, talk about that right now, although I'm sure you've heard the reports, but I am sticking. I am sticking to the official version of events. I'm not sticking to any off the record that I got from uh, the public information officer, uh, some uh, some uh, ad hoc briefing from the district attorney that nobody else saw. No, we're going to go with this public record. And the public record says that there was somebody else in the house. And oh, by the way, <laughs> you know what? The mainstream media have been reporting the same thing until this morning when they've <laughs> all hell is broken out again. Cut 43, we just heard them say that there was a third person in the house. That was Friday night. Sunday, meet the press. How much more mainstream does it get than meet the press? How much more fake news does it get? But there are certain things you can't fake. There are certain things you can't cover up. The police chief says it out loud for the whole world to see, although they're trying to cover it up. They're they're parking it on their Facebook page. It's only been viewed 500 times. What you just saw is being viewed very, very uh, little. Okay? Now, cut 44. Here's the mainstream characterizing what you and I both heard, and I'll give them this. They're characterizing it correctly. Cut 44. Uh, of the reports have indicated sort of, how police got there and they witnessed the beating at the time. And there seems to be a hint that there was a third person in the house. You've got some new details on that as well, Tom. What can you tell us? Well, that's correct, Chuck. So it, the police chief came out and did a press conference later on Friday when, when most people had uh, uh, already started to go to bed. And, and in that press conference, uh, he stated that there was a third person inside the house that opened the door for police when they were called to that house. And that's when they saw the struggle over the hammer between uh, De Pepe and Pelosi. And then De Pepe, according to police, uh, struck Pelosi in the head with that hammer. You know, I have my doubts, quite frankly, about in the head with the hammer at this point. <laughs> I do. I'll get back to why in a moment. So this is the opening. This is what the left has been looking for. They're ignoring the third person aspect. Uh, and they're just going with, oh, he was out there yelling about uh, Nancy Pelosi, a big assassination attempt. Listen to Amy Klobuchar. She is the Democrat uh, senator, failed presidential candidate from Minnesota. She also, by the way, is Chuck Todd's tenant. Yeah, he's the landlord. She's the tenant. Chuck Todd, host of Meet the Press, owns a house, and he rents it out to senators, including Amy Klobuchar. You know that because I told you. But the viewers of the show don't know that. Don't you think that they should bring that up? Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Right? Isn't that kind of important? That's a business arrangement. Have you ever seen a lease? You ever sign a lease? If you're renting something, it's complicated. All kinds of uh, things can get, uh, you know, it can get sometimes heated between a uh, tenant and a landlord. For a long time, the landlord was the most despised person in New York. Remember those days? Anyway, here's Amy Klobuchar 
lusting for enhanced power as a result of this incident. Cut 46. Joined now by Democratic Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota. She chairs the committee that is responsible for oversight of the U.S. Capitol Police and federal elections. She has been on this topic for quite some time. Senator Klobuchar, welcome back to Meet the Press. Thank you, Chuck. It's great to be back on. All right, let me just start with that. Look, you're, you're the committee chair. You oversee the Capitol Police. Have you learned anything new about this investigation in the last 48 hours? Well, I think your correspondents did a great job. I'll say this. This was a vicious attack meant for the speaker, ends up hammering uh, the speaker's husband, and our prayers are with her and her husband, their kids, their grandkids. Stop. A vi- See how they're hiding behind children and all that stuff? Now, the correspondent actually didn't say that. They're making it up, this part that this is uh, Nancy was the intended target. Law enforcement has not said that. They have not. I heard two press conferences. I sat through them all like a schmuck. They're lying to us. They're spinning us. They're doing something. They're not being straight with us. I'll tell you that. Someone's not being straight with us. But, Amy, this is it. This is what you're hearing right now. Uh, this, is how it, this is how it works. They take something and then they politicize it and they shape it to fit their, their needs, their, their, their move for power. Their hope that they can possibly turn around the uh, the midterms, which are a week from tomorrow. Keep going. This attack in which she has been villainized for years and big surprise, it's gone viral and it went violent. And I think it's very important to note, as you mentioned, that Homeland Security warning right. um, that this has been going on for years. The attacks on her and this group of MAGA extremists. Uh, who, by the way, are putting up candidates on the ballot that Donald Trump supports, um, have been not ending when Donald Trump left office. Uh, They have been expanding into our politics. And many people have stayed silent during this time, not Liz Cheney, not Adam Kinzinger, within their own party. And I think it is really important that people realize uh, that it is not just this moment of this horrific attack, but that we have seen violence perpetrated uh, throughout our political system. All right. You see this? You see how they're exploiting it, right? Obviously, crime is an issue they're incredibly vulnerable on. They think they can neutralize it with this. They can besmirch Trump supporters. And that's what they're doing. That's what she's doing. It, it's it's ha- actually happening right before our eyes. Now, they're not going to get away with it. But you can hear in the intensity of her voice, right? They are. They're going to make this happen. Ah, sorry, 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 because you got Greg Kelly out there and a few other brave patriots. By the way, one of them is Elon Musk. Now, I don't know what the hell kind of arrangement uh, Paul has with uh, whatever the hell's going on. I don't care. I really don't. Um, And anybody can do whatever they want with whomever they want if they don't break the law. Um, But some people broke the law here. And I think the law was broken not only inside that house, but outside that house. I'll have more in a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Doesn't feel at all like Halloween. Although I do see some uh, very pretty girls out there with the uh, the sexy Halloween stuff. <laughs> they really turn it on on uh, Halloween. Uh, that's that's kind of nice. But apart from that, oh, we have. Um, Banana taffy again in the in the in the break room. Banana taffy. I mean, my goodness gracious! There's not one 
hint of real banana in these things. But they are so good. So, so good. Um, and candy's everywhere. So actually, I guess it is feeling a little bit more like Halloween. Did you did you hear that? Wasn't that wasn't that fascinating to listen to Amy Klobuchar get so excited about what's next? Oh, and now she's like, we got to make changes. You can't we can't uh, allow people to uh, talk about what they want to talk about. Listen to this. Uh, cut 48, please. So we got a de-escalation, obviously, challenge in front of us. There's one thing to get elected leaders to de-escalate. Uh, and then there's the issue of the social media companies that uh, make money amplifying uh, all of this. What's the bigger challenge, getting Republican leaders to de-escalate or figuring out how to get these tech companies to stop amplifying this garbage? Hey, stop for They're a second. One second. One second. Wasn't it Joe Biden who um, right around Labor Day came out and said half the country was a threat to democracy? Anybody who liked Trump, anybody who was MAGA, make America great again. The guy who was going to unify. The guy who said on uh, he made a solemn promise that he was always going to level with us and tell us the truth and and work to unify the country. His whole soul was in it. No questions. Uh, it's all Republicans fault, huh? And big tech, of course, big tech. Keep going challenges on the Republican side. It is making sure that whether you're a Democrat, Republican or independent, when you go cast your vote, you don't go vote for an election denier or the people that are coddling them. Um, and you don't listen to Donald Trump because he is the one that said to go wild and march down the mall. Uh, when it comes to uh, the social media companies, I'm one of the people, as you know, that's been way out there on this because. Oh, you're way out there. All right. Uh, you're way, way, way out there. You nut job. Keep going. But it's one thing. If someone is posting stuff on the Internet, um, it is another when they're making money amplifying it. And that is the difference. Hey, so screw I you, by the way. Who the hell is she to tell anybody how to make a living? A government official. She's a government official. And by the way, she's sitting there on her big dopey butt making money. She's getting paid. The guy interviewing her is getting paid. Hey, I didn't invent the Internet, but it's everywhere. It's taken so many jobs from so many people, so many good, great people. It's just replaced us. And if we figured out a way to make a buck or two, fine. You're going to get in there. You're going to regulate it. This moron. No, no, sir. No, ma'am. Uh, wait, where's that guy? Is he still here? Tim in Manhattan. What's up? Very quick, because they're playing the music. Hey, Mr. Kelly. I uh, just want to bring up how on, like, in I think it was May, they forced Trump into, like, a bunker because of these protests. They burned a guard post and all that such. And maybe it's from all the times that Hillary and Joe called the 2020 election fraudulent or whatever. 2016 election. They uh, they didn't seem to like that one. All right. Thanks, Tim. Greg uh, 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 uh. Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, it's San Francisco. What's the Republican club like in San Francisco? How many members do you think, huh? I just see Chief Scott. We're going to turn it around. Chief Scott of the San Francisco Police Department is now on CNN. <laughs> he has uh, he plays a little faster and looser, it seems like, when he's on CNN than when he's representing the police department in an official capacity. Well, we must stop all of this political rhetoric, all this political talk on his part, on his part. He's just. <laughs> all right. I got to turn that around fast, if you don't mind. 
Um, hey, by the way, just so you know, uh, you probably know already, but Fox News totally stinks. It just totally stinks. Uh, fair weather friends, you know what I mean? And they're always just, um, uh, you know, their ultimate interest is, I don't know, but they don't want to save this country. I don't think that's uh, what they're all about. They're very much, these people are not, uh, they don't stand for much of anything. I know some of them, believe me, they do not stand for anything. All they want is the hair and the makeup and the money. Hair, makeup, and money. Tell me what to say. I'll say it. Just give me that hair, makeup, and money. Well, um, you tell me, is this worthwhile? This is what Rush Limbaugh would call the drive-by media. Now, they went to the trouble of flying somebody to Pennsylvania. I think they sent this guy to Harrisburg. Was it Harrisburg? And he's sitting there. He's going to give us a preview. This is on Fox News Sunday. We're about to get a preview of the midterm election in Pennsylvania. Okay? So you send a guy there. And this is the report. You tell me. Is there value added here? Is this anything other than somebody's vanity project? Is this just something to have on in the background? Or is this really going to move the needle? Is this going to help anybody? Or this is just killing time? Fox News Sunday, Rich Edson, take one. Pennsylvania is going to have to be big enough this week for two former and one current president. Democrats and Republicans in the general election campaign here and nationwide have been distancing themselves from their party's more unpopular presidents. Now, that's becoming unavoidable. Stop. What the hell was that gobbledygook all about? I think he's trying to say that Trump is unpopular in Pennsylvania and so is Biden. He's got to talk about, is Pennsylvania big enough for two former presidents and one present president? Just, I don't know. I, I just, um, but this is it. He's going to lay uh, the, the, the lay of the land before the big Senate election, okay? Keep going. Fetterman is Pennsylvania. He had a stroke. He's recovering. At Tuesday's Pennsylvania Senate debate between Democratic nominee John Fetterman and Republican Mehmet Oz, Fetterman's stroke recovery was on full display. As Fetterman and Oz campaigned across Pennsylvania, the political heavyweights are now showing up. President Biden and Vice President Harris to a Friday night fundraiser in Philadelphia. Former President Trump this week to Latrobe and Biden again with former President Obama in Philly and Pittsburgh next weekend. Stop. You get a sense of the balance here. You get it. First of all, the guy comes right out and says, John Fetterman's recovery from his stroke was on full display Tuesday night. That sounds like he's getting better to me. We all know he's not. And did you hear anything? I, did, I could not hear anything. I saw it on TV. I'm playing it for you right now. It's inaudible. Can't tell what the hell he's saying or why he's saying it. But this guy's trying to pretend everything's fine. His recovery is on full display. No, it's not. Is is, And then it's all about Dr. Joe Biden is here and Jill Biden is there and then, then, then Barack Obama is here and then Donald Trump is in the probe and then Joe Biden is here. Keep going. For Obama, part of a campaign to swing states nationwide. Ah, it's good to be back in Wisconsin. The 44th president has campaigned for Democrats in Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin before Nevada and Pennsylvania this week. Republicans are also deploying their party's stars. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis campaigning for Republican gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin in New York. If you want to stop what the Democrats have done to this country over the last two years... We have to elect Dr. Oz. 
While Republicans tried to make this election about the president, Biden maintained it's not, and then said something both parties can agree with. It's a choice, a choice between two vastly different visions of America. First Lady Jill Biden is also getting involved here in Pennsylvania. Wednesday, she'll hit both ends of the state in Allentown and Pittsburgh for events. Gee, thanks a lot. You went all the way up to Pennsylvania. I think he's based in Washington, D.C. Why bother to give us a couple of garbled sound bites and tell us the itinerary of Joe Biden and Barack Obama six times and mention Donald Trump? He'll be in Latrobe, Pennsylvania on Thursday. And Joe Biden is going, and Barack Obama is getting the message out. There was that line in there about DeSantis campaigning for Zeldin. It, that took about two seconds. And then I think you heard Tom Cotton saying something nice about Dr. Oz. Then it was right back to the Democrat. I'm, I think there's a lot here, actually. You may think, okay, what the hell? Who cares? You're nitpicking. Well, it's important, actually. This is the mainstream. It's number one. It's important for me personally. I want to point out that Fox is mainstream media. There are some important exceptions. You know, um, Hannity, Tucker, um, and my mind draws a blank after that. <laughs> the rest of them just want to be liked. They just want mediaite to be nice to them, write little kind things about them, or write how they stuck it to Republicans, how they are not believing the election lies. Lazy and vain. That's what they are. Lazy and vain. Oh, speaking of lazy and vain, uh, Kathy Hochul is um, uh, suffering. Oh, wait, before I do that. Do we have any of the cuts from Joe Pinion last night? Now, Joe Pinion, the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate here in New York, kicked Chuck Schumer's ass all over the stage last night on the New York One debate. Fortunately, since I had some experience downloading the app and crap like that, I shouldn't have to. I should just be able to turn on the TV, a free channel like Channel 2, and watch the debate. I had to jump through hoops again to see Joe Pinion. Anyway. He kicked Chuck Schumer's ass. And um, let's see here. Cut 17, please. Well, let's be very clear. Uh, the mayor of New York City just declared a state of emergency for a migrant crisis. Chuck Schumer spent two years saying was a figment of our imagination. Uh, you deal it with securing the border. Uh, it is not equal level terrain. Some places need a fence. Some places need a wall. Some places need more boots on the ground. But secure it, you must. We need to go back to the stay in Mexico policy. We need to make sure that the asylum process is cleaner, that people don't have to go through such a process that is so convoluted. But more importantly, we need to make sure that there's accountability for people to come. There are four million people waiting in line to come to this country legally. We need to make sure we're not hiring 87,000 IRS agents. Perhaps we should hire some more immigration agents to facilitate those 4 million people coming here, many of whom are joining spouses. So that, to me, is a conscientious plan to get the job done. I think, again, when you have less people uh, feeling as if that legal line is not going to move, you'll have more people who are unwilling to swim across the Rio Grande because people are taking their life into their hands, pursuing an American dream. They were told Thank by this president to pursue illegally. He's damn right. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, let's see. 
Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Is there any more kick-ass moments? How's this one? Cut 18. I think it's time for us to do some myth-busting because he is, in fact, an exceptional politician, one of the best that has ever lived. He's a failed senator. He has failed the people of this state on multiple occasions. People have referred to this as a David versus Goliath fight, and perhaps they are correct because like that blind biblical giant, Senator Schumer has a difficult time seeing what is clearly in front of all of our faces. You have the exterminators, like his father, having a hard time making the ends meet. The farmers, the family farms, having a very difficult time making ends meet. 41-year high for inflation that is crippling all people. Seniors, like my mother, terrified of the mailman because they think the electric bill is going to give them a heart attack. This is not a legacy of success from my perspective, is a legacy of failure. Good for you, Joe Pinion. Uh, he was uh, just trying to run out the clock. Chuck Schumer was putting his head down. Uh, how does he talk again? I, I can't do a Chuck Schumer impression now. Can I? You can take that, Mr. President. No, that doesn't sound like him. But he could not. Uh, remember that time he attacked Judge Kavanaugh? We have that around Justice Kavanaugh. You will reap the whirlwind, Kavanaugh. He didn't take that back, didn't apologize. Uh, Look, it's a long shot, but something really special happened last night. And Joe Pinion is a special guy. Republican running for Senate, and uh, I think we should help him. Um, We also, of course, have to help Lee Zeldin and Kathy Hochul, the lazy, vain, uh, weird, rich Kathy Hochul, uh, accidental governor, made lieutenant governor by Andrew Cuomo, appointed to that position because he wanted a mediocre, uh, lightweight to hold that job. He did not want to be outshined. He did not want any kind of trouble. And he got all those things in Kathy Hochul. But now she's uh, she's the governor through, through a fluke. And boy, oh boy, she really thinks she's somebody right now. And she thinks she has so little respect for us that the crime that we all know is gripping the city and state and country is a figment of our imagination. How dare she? Kathy Hochul, cut 50, talking to, uh, oh, yes, that wise man, Al Sharpton on MSNBC, cut 50. Kevin Al, these are master manipulators. They have this conspiracy going all across America to try and convince people that in democratic states they're not as safe. Well, guess what? They're also not only election deniers, they're data deniers. The data shows that shootings and murders are down in our state by 15%, even in New York City, down 20% on Long Island, where Lee Zeldin comes from. Okay. I'm getting mad. I'm really getting mad. How dare this wicked woman lie? Lie. Like Colonel Kurtz, I hate the stench of lies. Statistics. Statistics. The government is doing a great job. Just ask the government. 
Just ask the government. When have they ever lied to us? When have they ever lied to us? I think Lee Zeldin is going to win this election because he is the better man, the better candidate, the better person than that treacherous, corrupt, evil woman, Kathy Hochul. Absolutely. Absolutely. She is that bad. She is that bad. A conspiracy? Are you serious? You have so little regard for human life, especially, oh, by the way, the lives of black and brown people who are victimized by crime more than any other, any other. It, it affects all of us. But if you had to narrow it down, black and brown people. Absolutely. Reverend Al, you're just going to go along with that? Huh? You know, you used to have some guts. Al Sharpton, he was always a maniac. But one, there was one thing about he, he kind of kept it real. Remember, he was a friend to Trump's <laughs> way back when. But he was. He was a guy who could do business. And now you're uh, the National Action Network, huh? What the hell? How much? How much? How How do they buy you off? I know you were bought and sold a long time ago, but really? Really? There are black and brown children all across the country who really deserve a break. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, what else? What the hell else? Um, congratulations, Joe Pinion. Shame on you, uh, Kathy Hochul and uh, Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> it ain't going to work. I know, I know, I know, I know. You think you can exploit this. It ain't going to work. Uh, what else did I want to point out? Oh, just a quick reminder, as everyone is, um, I think, overreacting somewhat to the attack on Mr. Pelosi. We want him to get better. Of course. Uh, But, uh, well, Nancy herself kind of downplayed this right off the bat. She put out a statement early Friday morning saying um, he's going to make it a full recovery. That, to me, said right off the bat, okay, this is not that serious. Number two, she asked for privacy at this time. Now, why the hell would she want privacy? Why? You know, I've heard of people ask for privacy after a divorce. You know, we're getting divorced. We would like privacy at this time. You know, our son was just arrested. We would like privacy at this time. Um, but I don't know of anybody who's a victim of a crime all of a sudden demands privacy. Like, why? Why? Well, what's what's the rationale for wanting privacy? I don't, I don't get that. And neither do you. You know what happened? They put that out there too early. They panicked. There's a reason why, you know, you're supposed to wait before you put out a statement. You know, butterflies are all over the place. It's a little bit chaotic. And you've seen Nancy. We've all seen her. You got to put something out. You got to put something out. You got to say something. Well, you said something. You said a lot of weird, contradictory things. Um, and then the police, too. I guess they're feeling the pressure. I, San Francisco is a big city, but it's kind of a small town. Uh, so so all of that. And what was the other thing about this? Oh, so, you know, this is the worst thing. This is a threat to democracy, right? Have you heard that yet? Yeah, this is another sign that democracy is an existential threat. But the funny thing is, um, when it happens to a Republican, um, it's just no big deal. It's just, um, well, that's life, right? It's actually funny. Rand Paul. Does anybody remember when Rand Paul got beat up? He did. It was a big deal. It punctured a, 
Uh, they broke ribs, punctured a lung. But everybody thought it was funny. Cut 29. The attacker? His own neighbor, 59-year-old Rene Boucher. Rene Boucher? Wow. That sucks. I mean, getting beaten up sucks, but getting beaten up by Rene Boucher... Is horrible. Israel and Palestine is a minor dispute between neighbors. This is far more serious. We're talking rich people and their lawns. <laughs> Rand Paul, a sitting United States senator, got pulverized, and it was a punchline. Now, Mr. Pelosi, for all of his uh, status, is not a member of the House of Representatives, never been elected to anything. Um. But this is, you understand, Rand Paul, a Republican, it's funny somehow when he gets beat up. And it happens on it happens to our team a lot. And when it does, it's not a teachable moment. It's not anything special. It's just like watching the news. Remember this? Cut 30, please. This morning, Donald Trump finds his own family is now the target of threats. A threatening letter containing a suspicious white powder was sent to the Manhattan home of Eric Trump, one of the candidate's sons. The FBI, Secret Service, and the NYPD are all investigating. Wow, big deal. But it was just the news. Wasn't a crisis. Wasn't anything more than just the news. Okay, what else happened today? How about when Steve Scalise was almost killed, the Republican congressman from Louisiana, on that ball field in northern Virginia. He was. As we go to break, it was very, very serious. Cut 31, please. You hear that? Those are gunshots being fired by Bernie Sanders supporter James Hodgkins. He didn't like Republicans, so he showed up where they were practicing softball and tried to kill them with a rifle. But he was a liberal, so it's no big deal. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, I hope you had a good weekend. Oh, what a what a beautiful gift a weekend is. It really is. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, how are we doing with that Chief Scott uh, thing? He was just on CNN. He looked like he was a bit more expansive. I'm talking about the San Francisco police chief who told us on Friday that there was a third person in the house and uh, who would not say, given multiple opportunities, what the motive was. He's not saying anything about the, an assassination attempt on Nancy Pelosi. He did say this was an intentional act. Yeah, I guess he that guy meant to hit the guy with the hammer. That doesn't mean it was political. It doesn't mean a lot of things. And then we're, we're hearing from Dave, the Pape's girlfriend, who's in jail, by the way. They've been they saw each other for many years. They actually had two kids together that the guy's a bit of a mental case. And uh, but he's not MAGA. He's not he's not at all MAGA. I, t- I told you that right from the get go. Uh, crazy people who get married in front of City Hall nude are not MAGA people. They're 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 deranged people. Right. All right. So. um what else is going on? I do. Oh, it looks like that there's a major ruling on affirmative action about to uh, come down probably in the next couple of months. Uh, they heard arguments today. Basically, um, Asians are being discriminated against by colleges uh, all over the place. They are capping the number of Asians who can be at places like Harvard, Princeton and Yale, especially Harvard. I'm not 100 percent sure about Princeton and Yale, but Harvard is like, nope, we can't have too many of these Asian people walking around. 
even though they are incredibly well qualified and uh, the test scores. Nope, we got to limit them so we can have uh, less qualified students be here. Well, that's a problem. And by the way, it's totally illegal when it comes to just about anything else in life. You're not supposed to do those kinds of things. Um, you know, you can't discriminate. And by the way, I think Asian folks are like, look, you know, the one group it's legal to discriminate against white men. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, but everybody else is covered. And that includes Asian people. And you know what? If we're going to do this, well, don't don't hinder them because of their great grades and their work ethic. But they are being hindered. And by the way, they're being targeted and abused in the streets. You know it. I know it. I've seen it a million times. Nobody talks about it. Uh, we talk about it. I had my friend Kenny Shu on many times. He's from the Inconvenient Minority, and he talks about this authorized discrimination against uh, Asian Americans. Oh, by the way, there is a new morning show. Oh, I want to get my news from these attractive young people um, on uh, on CNN. Who do we have? Oh, Don Lemon is on in the morning, along with two women. Oh, wow, this looks so interesting. And this is a great way to start my day. A cup of coffee. And three attractive young people. Oh, they just look so, like young go-getters. They're having these promos. They're absolutely nauseating all over the place. It's really bad when they pretend they like each other, and that's what's going on here. There's a lot of pretend liking of each other. Um, oh, I was in the bookstore this weekend, and I walk in, and there's this major display for Maggie Haberman's book about Donald Trump, Confidence Man, as in Con Man. Well, again, the real con is this book. It is a total and complete con job. So many mistakes, so many weird mistakes, weird omissions. Um, It's a fake news book written by the fake news. And here's something that, uh, look, do you remember, you old enough to remember the Woolman rink and how Donald Trump turned that whole damn thing around? The city was trying for years to fix it. They couldn't. They didn't incompetence, bureaucracy, and Trump said, I'll do it in six months under budget. Well, he did. Maggie Haberman gives him absolutely no credit whatsoever. Cut 33. But it was immediately clear that he planned to claim all the credit for the successful completion of the rink himself. He did not give Koch much attention in his remarks at the ceremony, nor did he mention HRH construction or other contractors. Art Nussbaum, then the head of HRH, Stopped working with Trump after the display of narcissism. Getting the silver and the bronze, Nussbaum said later. He's got to get the gold, the silver, and the bronze all at one time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He also said he wouldn't share the podium with anybody, that he refused to share the podium. Well, let's face it. Koch did not fix the Bowman rink. It was Trump. And Koch knew it. By the way, everybody was up there on the podium with him. Koch on Donald Trump, Ed Koch. These guys kind of hated each other, but alike in certain ways. Cut 34, please. Donald, you performed a great public service. 
And he went on like that. I don't know why he would make it so short, but he went on and on and on. You did a great, great thing. Cut 35. Donald Trump uh, thanks the city about uh, all the, uh, the, you know, they, they got the green light to do the work. Cut 35. No roadblocks were put up. In fact, it was the exact opposite. We've gotten our permits, our approvals. We've gotten everything as quickly as it could be gotten. And you know what happened? They're all there at the podium together. And Maggie in her book said, oh, he never would share the podium with anybody. He wouldn't do it. Well, there's Koch. There's Henry Stern. There's this guy. There's that guy. They're all at the podium with Trump. Okay, what else? Donald Trump went to the Republican National Convention in 1988. He's actually interviewed by Chris Wallace. Wallace! Fake news, Wallace. Cut 36, please. Uh, This is Maggie summarizing Donald Trump's attitude when he showed up at the convention in 1988. Cut 36. This is the audio book of Confidence Man, a terrible book. Cut 36. You need to stay close, Gay told Trump, as they started to navigate the organized chaos of the convention floor. Trump was mesmerized, enraptured by the display around him. Trump was mesmerized enraptured by the display around him. Well, the funny thing is we have tape of Donald Trump on the floor of the Republican National Convention, which was held in New Orleans in 1988. You're about to hear Chris Wallace, and then you'll hear Trump. Now, you will only hear what I can see, and what I see and what you'll hear is somebody who is not mesmerized or enraptured. He's just Donald Trump. He's on national television, and he doesn't look the least bit Excited. He actually looks a little bit bored. And he gives uh, Chris Wallace the business a little bit. Uh, cut 37. What do you have? Well, that's right, Tom. One of the interesting things about any national convention is the surprising people who show up on the floor. And here tonight is real estate tycoon and best selling author Donald Trump. Well, thank you very much. Well, you're, you're welcome. You have flirted with the idea of politics. Now you're here at your first national convention. Does that get you interested in possibly making the plunge? Now you have to tell me something. Who told you I flirted? Well, I, I didn't know that I flirted with you. Well, you took out full-page ads in the New York Times to talk about your foreign policy. Yeah, Some people would say... Strongly. I do feel very strongly about the country. I love the country. But I think you're going to have probably George Bush as your next president. He's an excellent guy, an excellent man. He's a friend of mine, and I'm here for that reason. Well, well I wasn't talking about this year, Mr. Trump, but you have said that if you ran for president, you'd win. I think I'd have a very good chance. I mean, I like to win. When I do something, I like to win. I like to uh, I like to do well, and I think I probably would have a pretty good chance. Tom Brokaw mentioned a moment ago that you have prospered in the Reagan years, and some people have said that Ronald Reagan ushered in an era, some people say, of greed and conspicuous consumption, and frankly, some people say Donald Trump is a conspicuous example of that. You you make no apologies about the, the 100-room mansion and Palm Beach or the $30 million yacht? Well, I employ thousands and thousands of people that wouldn't have jobs if it weren't for things that I built. I mean, I employ probably 25 or 30,000 people. And that is, that's, these are things that I've done over the last four or five-year period, Chris, and I think that a lot of people are very thankful for it. So I can't make any excuses. I'm very proud of what One last quick to. question. Can you laugh at the Doonesbury cartoons about the quality of the solid gold sinks in your yacht? Well, everybody tells me I'm supposed to be honored by that. I'm not sure if it's an honor or not, but he certainly, I mean, someday maybe he's going to be able to find another topic. But I certainly seem to be in a lot of his cartoons. I'm not sure if they're good, bad, or indifferent, but I guess I'm supposed to be honored. Donald Trump, thanks very much for coming tonight. You have a good Huh. Well, I didn't, he didn't sound mesmerized or enraptured by anything. May, imagine that, by the way. That was 1988. 20, how many years is it? 60? 28 years later, he'd be the nominee himself. You got to play the long game in life. You know, I heard somebody say once, I think it was Tony Robbins. He said, most people overestimate what they can do in one year 
and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. Isn't that interesting? Uh, overestimate, because, you know, we are all, we're all super ambitious on uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day coming up with those resolutions, and we're going to do this, that, and the other thing, and um, and often we're frustrated. You know, we make these impossible demands of ourselves, and uh, three months later, you know, we give up. But long-term goals, 10-year goals, you can do anything. You can do anything. You can go from a man on the street to the president of the United States. You can go from broke to billionaire. Ten years. Think in ten-year increments. Well, I don't have ten years. Well, nobody does, quite frankly. We don't know what's going to happen. But I think you've got to live your life like that. Now, you can't forestall and delay happiness and all those things. And don't use that as an excuse to procrastinate. But ten-year. Hey, look, let's take uh, one of my least favorite people, Barack Obama. In 1998, who was Barack Obama? He was state senator nobody from uh, Illinois, someplace in Chicago, right? And uh, 10 years later, he's president of the United States. And it wasn't a total trajectory upward from 1998 on. In 2000, he runs for the Congress. House of Representatives loses. He loses. He loses. And if he won that election... Well, he'd be stuck in the House of Representatives. You know, like three out of our last five presidents failed at their first run for public office, and they all wanted to be congressmen. You know who really started this? Richard Nixon, of all people. You know, you go to the House of Representatives and Bush, George H.W. Bush. That was, if you're ambitious, you want to be president someday. It's You, you read these biographies, it's like, okay, House of Representatives, senator, then president. And you get to the House of Representatives, anything seems possible. Anyway, who did it and lost? Bill Clinton ran for the uh, Congress, I believe, in 1974 and lost. Uh, and then he had to settle for state attorney general. And then he became governor and then he became president. Who else? Who else? George W. Bush. George W. Bush, ne'er-do-well. He ran for Congress in 1978 in West Texas. Lost. And then 16 years went by before he could get his act together to become governor. No big feat, quite frankly, because his old man was the was the president. And who else? Uh, wait, that's, that's, that's three. Is that three? Uh, George H.W. Bush ran for the Senate and lost. Never became a senator. Uh, Obama, Bush, and Clinton. Yeah, those are the ones I wanted to say. All right, let's do some calls. Uh, let's do son Sandy in New Jersey. Hi, Sandy in New Jersey. Good. Good. Uh, Just one question. All police officers wear body cams to protect them if they have an altercation with someone on the street or whatever, if there's an accident. They were right at the front door. When the front door opened, wouldn't that give us a lot of information? It sure would. it? It sure would. And one of the reasons why they're calling this a wellness check is they want to keep that stuff under wraps. They want to keep it private. They're trying to hook up, I do believe, the Pelosi family, they're trying to protect them. Where's the 911 tape? Where is the, uh, where are the body cam? Uh, where's the body cam footage? You know, I mean, look, if you're not going to put it out um, uh, officially, leak it out. <laughs> Stuff leaks all the time. Sandy, it's a great, excuse me, it's a great point. Uh, Sandra in New Jersey. Hi there. Oh, welcome back. Um, I wanted to thank you for probing into this Pelosi thing because, you know, we really all want to know what's going on with that. And everyone's afraid, but not you. But what I wanted to share today, if I may, 
is I had the pleasure of meeting Dick Morris on Friday, the Calvin Coolidge Library Library Committee, um, and it was co- it was chaired by Ronnie Pearl. Oh wow, the Calvin event. Coolidge Library Committee. This sounds like yes. a that sounds like an awesome event. Where the hell was this? This was on fifty third no uh, fifty one West. 50, on 51st, 3 West 51st. Hey, look, I'm all for selling books, and it was a nice event, okay, right? It was good? It was C-SPAN did the whole thing. I, I asked him questions. We all right, terrific. So you had a good time. Is there any point about other than that? I mean, good for him. I want to – everybody should buy The Return by Dick Morris, Donald Trump's return. It's coming in 2024. What else? Well, here's the point I wanted to make. Yeah. So he predicts that – 51 seats that everyone else could get. He predicts five more than that. Yeah, I know. So I hope he's right. What? I do, too. I think it's going to be 54. 54. He's, we're going to win in places we're not anticipating to win. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Dick is one smart dude. Very, very much so. Let's do uh, Kevin. Thank you, Sandra. Kevin in Rockville Center. Hey, hey Greg. Yeah. Hi. Greg, re- regarding Paul Pelosi's uh-huh. situation. He has permission to go to the bathroom. Are you recording this phone call? It's a very heavy uh, tone in the background. What's going on? There's a hum. There's not. Maybe it's my cell phone on the side. No, that sounds like. Uh, anyway, yeah, he 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 interrupts the the home invasion is underway, and he says, "May I use the bathroom, please?" By all means, sir, use the bathroom. Uh, that's uh, kind of suspicious, right there, right, Kevin? Don't you stay in the bathroom with the door locked and wait for 911, wait for uh, San Fran PD to come? Yeah, I would think so. No, we, uh, <laughs> look, the whole thing stinks. And we are seeing, look, we've seen this before. We've seen cases like this before a million times. Um, I mean, January 6th is a great example. January 6th, where they would not talk about what actually happened, but they talked about all this other stuff. They want to talk about Donald Trump's rhetoric, but they won't talk about the facts. We've got to establish the facts of this case. They're running from it, Kevin. It's very, very suspicious, the whole thing. I'm sorry. I'm up against a break. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, yeah, yeah. They're getting a little carried away. I think this could all come crumbling down, but uh, let's see here. The latest is... The U.S. attorney in San Francisco, the de- oh, wait a second, uh-oh, doesn't say that. The Department of Justice out of Washington, D.C. A California man was charged today with assault and attempted kidnapping in violation of federal law in connection with the break-in at the residence of Nancy and Paul Pelosi in San Francisco on Friday. Wow. They're really, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, these these matters, usually you're, you're, you're let out of jail in two hours. I mean... Like the Axe Man, everybody else. Uh, I think they're getting a little. This is not from. It's interesting to me how this is not from the U.S. Attorney in San Francisco. This is released by the Justice Department in Washington D.C. Is it the same department? Yes, I know that. I know the Justice Department. I know how it works. I know the U.S. Attorneys are out there. Everyone's feasting on this right now. We go to the affidavit. It's eight pages long. United States District Court for the Northern District of California. United States versus David Dwayne De Pepe. I, the complainant in this case, state the following is true to the best of my knowledge. I think there's a lot of fake news to follow, but who knows? I, Stephanie Miner, a special agent for the FBI. Now, when have they ever gotten political, huh? Introduction. I make this affidavit in support of an application under federal laws for the reasons set forth below. Okay, they're charging him with uh, he assaulted Paul Pelosi, an immediate family member of uh, 
a United States official, Nancy, with the intent to retaliate against such official on account of the performance of official duties. And, you know, this is this. You know what this is? This is a press release. This is a campaign press release. This is a campaign press release. Stephanie Miner. I submit, you know, the, 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 the Justice Department has been political. So political. Garner, is that his name? Garner? Gar- Merrick Garland. Uh, let's see. Uh, she she based this on statements. My statements in this. All right, let's get to the good stuff. Okay, she talks about her own background. 20, well, gosh, that goes on. Whatever assault they, they, they have. Okay, facts supporting probable cause. On October 8, 2022, 2.23 a.m., San Francisco Dispatch received a 911 call from Paul Pelosi located at the Pelosi residence. Pelosi stated words to the effect that there is a male in the home and that the male is going to wait for Pelosi's wife. Pelosi further conveyed that he does not know who the male is. The male said his name is David. Okay. At 2.31, Police Department Officer Colby Wilms responded. Uh, when the door was opened, Pelosi and DePape were both holding a hammer with one hand, and DePape had his other hand holding onto Pelosi's forearm. Pelosi greeted the officers. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Casa Pelosi. Pelosi greeted the officers. The officers asked them what was going on. DePape responded that everything was good. Officers then asked Pelosi and DePape to drop the hammer. DePape pulled the hammer from Pelosi's hand and swung the hammer, striking Pelosi in the head. Officers immediately went inside and they detained him. While officers were restraining DePape, Pelosi appeared to be unconscious on the ground. Officers removed a cell phone, cash, clipper cards, and an unidentified card from DePape's right short pocket. Uh, when officers removed DePape from Pelosi's residence, Body-worn camera footage showed a glass door that appeared to be laminated, broken near the door handle. San Francisco Police Department recovered zip ties in Pelosi's bedroom and in the hallway near the front door of the Pelosi residence. In addition, law enforcement searched the Pape's backpack, and they found, among other things, a roll of tape, white rope, one hammer, one pair of rubber and cloth gloves, and a journal. Uh, some cop was able to interview a witness, witness one, who saw an individual in all black carrying a large black bag on his back, walking near the Pelosi residence where witness one was parked. Witness one was working private security at an address nearby. Witness one then heard what sounded like banging on either a car door and then heard the sirens within a minute or two. Pelosi was interviewed by police officer Ariane Starks in the ambulance during the... Uh, Pelosi stated he heard the pay before... Uh, all right, I got to go through this. It's, it's several more pages long. It just came out a moment ago. I shall have all tonight on my Newsmax show at 10 p.m. I thank you all. Have a happy Halloween. I'm sorry I wasn't able to get to everybody on the phone. Uh, to be continued. Have a great. Uh, don't go overboard with this uh, Halloween stuff. It's stupid. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.